Welcome to For the Health of It, starring Dr. Jenny Brooke, vitality expert and wellness chiropractor at Spinal Corrective Center in Amherst, New Hampshire. She is joined by producer Mike Clark. This dynamic, sometimes crazy, sometimes funny, and always entertaining duo will inspire you to eat, move, sleep, think, and live better. You're listening to Raw Talk about full potential living for the health of it. Welcome, everyone. We're back in the studio, and guess what? We have the beautiful Emily Aborn. She got married, and now her name is Mrs. Aborn. Newsflash, <laughs> name change. <laughs> it's so great to have you back, Em. Thanks. Good I'm to be back. Here. And of course, we have producer Mike Clark. I'm here. And we have a fantastic guest with us today, Dr. David Altabelli. Now, let me tell you a little bit about him, because this guy's pretty impressive. Um, he's got a BS in biomechanical engineering. He's also a dentist. He has his DMD through Harvard School of Dental Medicine and his medical degree through Harvard. He is a retired maxillofacial surgeon, and he's currently working on, what would you say you're working on now? I do a lot of stuff with medical device development with yes. startup companies. Can we say bionic arm? Say what? Can we say bionic arm? Oh, sure. Yeah. I've worked yeah. on this cool bionic arm at DECA. Yeah. And we just finished that project up a year ago. It was about an eight-year project to create a Steve Austin bionic arm. Cool. Pretty I saw cool. that at Dean Kamen's house. Did you see that? Yeah. yeah. It was yeah, really cool. cool. Can I get Star two Wars. of those so I can do twice as much in a day? That's what we're thinking about, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then I think most importantly, too, now you have a company called Ultra Vitality where you do personal coaching for vitality and wellness. I am. I'm dabbling in that a little bit. You know, I want to get smart to make myself healthy and vital. But um, I have a few clients that I work with uh, as well. And I know we've talked a lot about what it means to help take someone to a place of disease or dis-ease to a place of health. And that led us to having these conversations about all the new science dealing with microbiomes. And that kind of leads us to today. One day I just said to, to Doc, I'm like, so Dr. Artabelli, you want to give a workshop on microbiomes? <laughs> and he's like, sure. So we gave this fantastic workshop in my office. And I tell you, people were so excited about it. They wanted us to repeat the workshop like the next week so they could invite all their friends. And I, I, said, I didn't even know what it was. I had to watch that short I, film this morning. Like, what are we talking about today? You know, well, I think everyone you know knew that there's a bunch of bacteria in their GI tract. You know, also called the gut. Um, but uh, but I think it it really is more than we ever thought it was going to be. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we you know we, we all have bacteria in our skin and our mouths and our GI tracts, which is by the way our you know our esophagus, stomach, intestines. And then on the way out, and I'm surprised, Mike, you haven't summed it up into being something very simple, like begins with a P. <laughs> Poop, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. um, don't get me going. Okay? Yeah, I figured yeah. You, I, I, yeah. I preempted you on that, that one, you know. But uh, <laughs> keep Mike away from potty talk. <clears throat> That's right. <laughs> but what's amazing about it is that you know our bodies have about uh, 10 trillion cells that compose our body cells, uh, and. The GI tract has about 100 trillion of these bacteria in them. So wow. there's 10 times more bacteria than there are human cells in this body that we call our own. So are we ourselves, are we bacteria, or are we a combination of both? And I think that people are real, realizing that this, these bacteria 
aren't just, by the way, bad, you know, bugs and things that cause problems. They're things that actually work with us. They're synergistic. They do a lot to complement what we are as our own human organism. That's so, so interesting because I think that yeah. our society has been taught to think of all bacteria as bad. That's why we have these hand sanitizers and it's all about covering our mouths and, you know, wearing masks if people are sick. You know, we just have this thought that bacteria equals bad and you know, it's just not true. Yeah, bacteria has to equal good. If you got a hundred trillion of them, you want most of them on your side, right? Right. This is like a midlife crisis, existential question kind of day. It is. Are we bacteria or are we human? Yeah, really. Where is Seriously. the where is the boundary between the bacteria and us, or is us we? I don't know quite how to say it, but uh, it's kind of amazing. <laughs> But, you know, the NIH thinks this is a big deal because they've invested over $140 million in funding the Human Microbiome Project. That's cool. what's really cool now, there's technology. Before, you know, you could take poop and you could culture it in a lab. And by the way, most bacteria don't like um, oxygen. They're anaerobic. So it was difficult to culture everything. But now you can take samples and you can look at the DNA. So you can characterize in much more detail what the... um, the makeup, you know, the constituents are in this microbiome and then subsequently helping us to better understand it. But then we can also look at that DNA and kind of know what these bacteria make. What I think is really interesting is when you look at there's I know I've seen charts where it shows like what a microbiome might look like with for one person versus another person. Right, right. Right. Taking into certain factors, like if they were um, naturally born versus C-section, if they were breastfed or formula fed, if they've been on many antibiotics, if they're overweight or malnourished, we all have a different microbiome. Yeah, I mean, I think that diversity is really what's key. I mean, the more bacteria, you know, they say it's over a 1,000 or 1,500 different species that might make up this bacteria, but also there's bacteria, there's fungi, there's parasites, there's viruses in there as well. So there's there's this ecosystem of lots of stuff that's trying to live together, you know, in, in some synergistic way. May I ask a question? Yes. Um, what would the microbiome between somebody who had been given birth to with a C-section look like as opposed to somebody who had been given birth to by natural birth? Right. It's, it's, it's quite different in the beginning. Well, and part of what, yeah. how a baby gets its microbiome is through the birth canal. Oh. So literally imagine the child that coming journey. through the birth canal. Yeah. They're being bathed in the mother's microbiome. So if they're taken out of the mother's body, you know, meaning like through a By C-section, C-section right? they're, they're missing the opportunity so to get the mother's... So it's kind of preparing them for the outside world on their way out. Right. But, so instead, their microbiome yeah. was given to them by the hospital environment. Right. Which right. is not good. No. It's no. totally different. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's so key. And then you have to wonder, well, geez, if we figured this out, I mean, if, if a kid is delivered by C-section, why aren't they kind of inoculating the kid with something from a, you know, sample from the mother's birth canal? Sure. It would make so that much would make sense. sense. It seems otherwise they're set back from they the are get-go. Set back. Right. And there's things like skin-to-skin contact with the mother will actually give them more microbiome. Definitely breastfeeding will help. So the child, you know, for some reason, emergency C-section, but the mother takes those um, those strategies into account. It could go a really long way in the first few days of after right. birth. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, 
kids that are born, you know, by C-section have, they, they found that they actually have some interesting diseases more than the kids that are born vaginally, you know, whether it's um, uh, ear infections, um, asthma, and there's a host of other things that they've shown to be kind of correlated to kids that are, you know, that are born by C-section. Wow. But this is a really good moment to bring up that even if you've had every disadvantage, you were given antibiotics as a child, you weren't breastfed, you you didn't have an environment to build a healthy microbiome, no matter what your history has been, you can rebuild a healthy microbiome at any point in your so life. So should I stop breastfeeding again? <laughs> <laughs> I'll sign How up for that one. That? <laughs> well, that might help. That might help. But, okay. Uh, Michael. Oh, sorry. Focus. <laughs> and we'll go into the how later. But, but you know, I think it's important to stay that right away because it'd be easy to be like, oh, I, well, forget it. I guess I have no chance to be a healthy person because I didn't have this or this or this. And that's no, not necessarily true. But, you know, it evolves. I mean, so when you're born and, you, you know, you, you get this initial inoculation from the birth canal, it evolves over time with foods that you eat, the environments that you're exposed to. And, um, and then, of course, other things, you know, as you start having antibiotics in your um, whether you're taking them as medications or they're indirectly in the food that you eat, okay, or you're having chlorinated water that's kind of antimicrobial, right? You, you can st start to see how you could take something that could be very, um, you know, natural and evolve in a natural way and, and augment or change it and essentially promote certain bacteria to grow more uh, and, and throw off the balance of the other ones that might be more favorable for your health. I'd love to talk about, Doc, how, what these microbiome do for us. Like, you know, for example, it, it helps us extract energy from food. Right. Well, that's part of it. You know, so, I mean, interesting with people that are overweight, mm -hmm. they may have a different um, balance of certain types of bacteria. There's this one type called Firmicutes, which is kind of a group of bacteria that have certain properties. Sounds like a Greek philosopher. I, I couldn't <laughs> say the word for about a week, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very proud of myself. But the, then there's bacteroidetes, okay? <laughs> bacteroidetes. Bacteroidetes. Not bacteroides, but bacteroidetes. The extinct dinosaur. <laughs> yes, which are another kind of group of bacteria. And so what they found is that in people that are overweight or obese, um, there might be more formicutes than bacteroidetes. Now, Ooh, that might have been... bad. So, I mean, it might have been good, though, back in, in more prehistoric times oh. when we just didn't have food sitting around that we could go eat sure. off the shelf. When storing fat was the fad. Yeah. I mean, and, and you might have even seen a shift of these bacterial groups throughout the year. And if you, if you now think about it, well, when we're eating food, okay, we're taking in macronutrients like carbohydrates, proteins, fats. There's all the micronutrients like the vitamins and minerals and, and enzymes. But then there's the living organisms on the food. And if you think about now when we take in the food, we're so worried about our produce being filled with, you know, herbicides and pesticides and other sides that we, mm -hmm. we really wash everything so thoroughly that we lose the, you know, the bacteria, which are, are pretty favorable for us. So dirt is good, but unfortunately, we're not getting a lot of good dirt. Everyone used to make fun of me when I made them salads filled with dirt in the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, that is an argument to get your food from a local farm and not be too worried if you don't get every tiny little speck of dirt off well, of it. Well, that's the advantage with organic food is that, you know, with organic food, they're not using pesticides and herbicides. They're using natural, you know, farming techniques. So you don't have to be as, as uh, comprehensive or paranoid about cleaning every last little bit of the food. And especially biodynamic farming, the soil is rich in mi microbiome 
already, right, which makes right. it so that makes a difference how the food is grown. So and I, those extra inchworms on your lettuce. Mm. Good protein. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> okay, right. we need to take a break, but this is getting so good. When we come back, let's continue this conversation about what the microbiome does for us, but also what disrupts it. And then we'll delve a bit into how we can build it back up. You're listening to Raw Talk about full potential living for the health of it. Your host is Dr. Jenny Brooke, vitality expert and wellness chiropractor at Spinal Corrective Center in Amherst, New Hampshire. If you're in the Southern New Hampshire area, you can schedule a health consultation and examination with Dr. Jenny. To schedule, call 673-5600. That's 673-5600. For more information about Spinal Corrective Center, go to www.spinalcorrectivecenter.com or call 673-5600. To find a chiropractor in your area, go to www.chiropractic.org slash doctorfinder. Now back to raw talk about full potential living for the health of it. We are in the studio with Dr. David Altabelli speaking about the microbiome. And I know on break, we, of course, just delve right into even more information. And Emily was talking about how she had a gut feeling, a gut wow. sense, so to speak, <laughs> <laughs> that we needed to hear more about the gut and its relationship to the brain in regards to microbiome. So, Dr. Altabelli, what were you just saying about about the actual length of the gut? Yeah, so let's talk about this gut. So, um, first of all, you know, it's it's about 30 feet long, okay? Wow. And, uh, you know, the small intestines... It's about, really folded up down there, huh? Oh, yeah. It's just wow. back and forth, and it's all jiggling and squishing Haven't around Haven't you seen there. that commercial? <laughs> But anyways, it's about 30 feet long and the, and the large intestines about six feet. But what's amazing is the surface area. I mean, if you unfolded the gut and then you went down microscopically and folded, unfolded all the little microvilli, which were like little things, like, like a carpet. If you took a carpet yeah. and unfolded all those little uh, threads that come up, you'd have about the surface area of a tennis court. Wow. So it's an incredible wow. amount of surface area. So now, imagine you got your, your 100 trillion bacteria sitting on that. There's one cell layer thick, so one epithelial cell layer thick, and then underneath that sits two-thirds of your immune system. In the gut. In the gut. The immune system is two-thirds in the gut. That's right. That's important information. So let's say we got a lot of bad bacteria in our 100 trillion. (laughs) We've got um, an inflammatory situation where they're fighting each other. There's all kinds of stuff that kind of cause disruption of that intestinal lining. That one cell layer thick um, gets leaky. Now things that are normally, you know, fully digested, like a protein, when it comes in, it gets broken up into amino acids, all the little beads or parts that make it up. But in that path, it might be broken up into what's called polypeptides or peptides, which are short chains. Well, those short chains can go across this leaky gut, and our immune surveillance system is there going, okay, these aren't amino acids. This is stuff coming across that looks foreign. It looks like an invader. We need to create you know, an inflammatory response to do something with this. Unfortunately, the immune system gets confused. So it will take that little protein of uh, meat and look at it and go, oh, okay, we need to build antibodies or have a response to this. But it looks just like your, your, the muscles in your human body. So all of a sudden, your immune system is now cross-reacting to things in your own body because it's confused about some of the 
food particles that are coming across this leaky membrane. So basically our microbiome, our little guys down there telling our immune system what's safe and what's not safe. And if we lose that level of protection, if the microbiome is not adequate, then our immune system isn't given enough direction. Yes. And, and you know, that's where I think that they're really learning a lot. I mean, they're now knowing that the microbiome talks or communicates in some, you know, obviously chemical way with our immune system to set the stage how it's going to respond. And if the, if the microbiome is out of balance, then all of a sudden the immune system is out of balance and everyone's got this chronic inflammatory state. And what ends up happening with inflammation is that so many of the diseases, you know, chronic diseases that we see, you know, heart disease, you know, cancer, um, um, diabetes, all these kinds of things are thought to now be related to, you know, states of chronic inflammation, which could very well be related to the state of our microbiome. I think it's why over the years, one thing I've recognized in practice is that people who come in with pretty serious immune disorders, autoimmune disorders, everything from Lyme to arthritis type symptoms, fibromyalgia, um, I would say almost all of them have had gut issues that oftentimes started when they were even younger, whether it's chronic constipation mm. or inflammatory bowel disease or Crohn's disease or gluten intolerance. There's definitely a distinction. If you, if you, aren't, if you don't have a healthy gut, you're more prone to other problems immune-wise down the road. So you, starting with gut health is huge. So how do you clean off that tennis court? Uh, well, actually, you don't clean it off. You see, I mean, you try to just get the right people, you know, the right the players right in the game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there so we you go. kind of get it back to the right to number. And by the way, there was an interesting quote that I saw from Hippocrates. You know, I always read his stuff every day. But I mean, <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> but I mean, the first one that we probably all know, you know, let medicine, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. You know, so I mean, it's, it's clear that what we eat is such, it's probably the biggest environmental effect or factor that we can have. I mean, so what we eat obviously brings in, again, all those macro and micronutrients, but it also brings in these good and bad bacteria. Um, the second thing that I thought was so cool that he said, and by the way, this guy lived about 460 BC, and, and look how smart he was back then. He didn't even know that bacteria existed, by the way. Right. But um, all diseases begin in the gut. So that's, I found that very interesting that, you know, he would have that kind of insight back then and that it would ring so true right now, you know, with all the, the other knowledge and information that we have. Well, and I think, you know, back then nutrition played a huge role in the gut and it still does today, but the other factors are medications. So especially overuse of medications in particular, antibiotics can really destroy the gut and also to some extent, stress, lack of exercise, Spinal yes. subluxation. You know, there's so many ways that the gut doesn't have a chance to to function and proliferate the way it needs to. Sleep. 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 Yeah, very key. Mm -hmm. um, but you're right. You know, I, I mean, I think we're all, you know, all of us, all, all these companies and technologies are trying to do good things to make you know, us better and make us more healthy. Um, but, you know, let's say you didn't know the significance of the, of the microbiome in our gut. And you, and you realize that, you know, when we're, we're feeding us, it's not just about feeding our, our bodies, our, our human bodies. It's, it's about feeding these uh, friends that are part of our microbiome. So, um, right. They're hungry and there's certain foods they like to eat yes, that makes yes. them healthy. That's a good way to think about it. So if you're taking. Hopefully it's Cheez-Its. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't uh, go there. comes back to Cheez-Its. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, processed food, you know, what is processed food? They kind of like disassemble the parts of the food and then 
put back some of the stuff and leave some of the stuff out. Right. And, you know, I mean, the bottom line is, is, hey, the more natural and close it is to, to being, you know, the way it was, it was created is the way we really are intended to eat it. So, for example, bacteria really like fiber you know, certain types of fiber. And, um, you know, many people, I mean, we used to take in 40, 50, 60 grams of fiber a day. This is, is normal diet for human. It's now like three or four or five grams a day. No way. And just for yeah. our listeners, can you clarify what foods contain high fiber? So the most uh, fundamental one is, is vegetables, vegetables, fruits, um, you know, legumes, you know, beans, that kind of thing. They will have high fiber. And these are, you know, fiber is kind of a carbohydrate, you know, it's a carbohydrate is, again, a chain of sugars, but that chain of sugars is not normally digested by us humans with our enzymes such as amylase. But the bacteria can actually digest these, um, these fibers, and they use these to create their short-chain fatty acids and, and other things. But I think the real key thing is, is if you've got bacteria that are, um, let's say, eating the wrong stuff, and the biggest thing is sugar, and artificial sweeteners and everything. To put some perspective on this, um, we normally used to take in about three or four pounds of sugar a year as hunter-gatherers in the form of, you know, berries and honey and mm-hmm. this kind of thing, fruits. Now the average American takes in about 170 pounds <laughs> of sugar. Wow, I mean, that that's is like, like my body weight. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you come in with a wheelbarrow and, you're, and you've got sugar in it. Oh, my God. So wow. that's, imagine how your whole biochemistry needs to change and adapt yeah. to deal with all that sugar. And the bacteria down in your GI tract are going, okay, certain ones, the ones we want there, don't like that. And they kind of, you know, they're withering up. The ones that aren't so good saying, wow, this is great stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to just proliferate and uh, that we make the wrong things. And uh, I mean, an example being the mouth, if you have, you know, a lot of sugar and there's bacteria in our teeth, they, you know, will make acid that will dissolve the tooth and, and mess up the gums and cause, you know, dental decay and periodontal disease. Just think about down in the GI tract, other things that these um, bad bacteria make with sugar that are absorbed through this tennis court of surface area into our bloodstream that we somehow have to deal with. So all the metabolites or the, let's say, the poop of the, G- of the uh, bacteria need to be dealt with by our body. I mean, these are toxins that we're, we're absorbing into our system. Wow. So... Uh, pretty significant. Well, this is really exciting. And what we're going to do is wrap it up for today. But we're going to actually create a second show, a part two, where we talk a little more in detail. I would like to go into how a microbiome can affect our mood and actually mood disorders. And then I want to talk about how we can tune up our microbiome. So everything from eliminating sugar or gluten, eating more whole natural foods, fermented foods. Let's go into what is kombucha. Yes, we're Um, hungry for more. Let's talk about amazing omega-3 fatty acids. And then I also want to talk about how do you fix your leaky gut? What are prebiotics and probiotics? And then I know there's even some testing labs that you can actually see what your microbiome looks like. So let's go into that on the next show. Um, Until then, I'd like to recommend the NPR put out a really great about five minute video. If you um, just just watch it this morning. Yeah. It's really fun. If you search microbiome, it's usually videos. It's the first thing that comes up and it's by NPR. It's a really great, great, um, visual way to understand what we're talking about. And then there's a good book, you know, Brain uh, Maker by David Perlmutter. Really good book to read. So maybe people could do a little homework yes. for it. And I know that um, there's a book called The Microbiome Diet that you've recommended as well. 
That's by Raphael Kelman. Yeah. Great. Okay, so we'll be back soon with more information on the microbiome. Thank you so much, Dr. Altavelli, for sharing your wisdom and all your research with us. Um, See you on the other side. Be well, everybody. You've been listening to Raw Talk about full potential living for the health of it. Your host was Dr. Jenny Brooke, vitality expert and wellness chiropractor at Spinal Corrective Center in Amherst, New Hampshire. If you live in the southern New Hampshire area, schedule a health checkup with Dr. Jenny at 673-5600. That's 673-5600. For more information about Spinal Corrective Center, call 673-5600 or check out www.spinalcorrectivecenter.com. You can also find Dr. Jenny on Facebook at Spinal Corrective Center. Thank you for listening to Raw Talk about full potential living for the health of it.